This episode of The Doctor's Companion is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, DCBService.com, and Summit City Comic Con. And welcome to episode 55 of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. No, you are not. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, again. <laughs> um, so, uh, welcome, everyone, uh, to the show. And the last uh, episode of um, New Who for a while, New Who discussion. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get back into the oldies next week. Yes, we uh, until this this fall. So um, yeah, so today we're gonna be discussing uh, "Good Man Goes to War," uh, which is the mid season finale of series six. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking about that. Obviously, this hasn't aired in uh, America yet. Um, it airs next week. So if you haven't seen it, you definitely don't want to listen to this. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't. I hope you're um, enjoying avoiding all the spoilers that are running around. Yeah, that's going to be nearly impossible. That's I. That, this was a mistake, I think, on BBC's part. But uh, America specifically, BBC America, right? Yeah. BBC America's part. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I just I assume that they're the same company. I'm uh, sure they are. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm sh- I mean, I so I just say BBC in a roundabout way because. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so stop listening. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about uh, A Good Man Goes to War in just a second. Before we do, I want to remind everybody that we're from the website geekshowentertainment.com where we like geeky stuff and occasionally we talk about geeky stuff like Doctor Who on podcasts like this one. Geek Show Entertainment is a podcast network that has new episodes released every week for shows that include The Doctor's Companion as well as Have You Met Ted, Queen Witch, A Couple of Geeks, Movie Night at Geek Show, Geek Show Soundcheck, Super Geeks, and The Geek Show with Scott and Matt uh, premiering this fall. And it will be the new flagship podcast of GeekShowEntertainment.com. And you can listen to all of those podcasts by streaming them on the website or subscribing to the shows on iTunes. Also, you can go to the website and join our community by commenting on episodes or articles that we regularly post on the site um, and if you do more often than not unless you're rude and even sometimes if you're rude we'll we'll comment back um, if you've listened to any of our shows and you like what you hear even if you don't help us out by leaving an iTunes review iTunes reviews are the best way for people to find our shows and decide if they might be worth listening to you can also let us know how we're doing with comments concerns or suggestions by emailing the show at tdc at geekshow.us that's tdc as in the doctor's companion all right, so uh, I guess we're going to get into sort of non-spoilery overall thoughts of the episode. Um, Matt, uh, go ahead. Um, okay, uh, I liked this, but I also have a lot of problems with it, none of which I can actually discuss without spoiling. Um, I, 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 what I can say is that um, <laughs> we do find out some things uh that thing about we're finding out who river song is we found out um sort of uh there is some there is a, i guess a good man going to war uh it's big and epic uh it's a it's based on a really cool idea that uh i guess you know it's one of those things where like the pandorica opens about all of the doctor's enemies teaming up as a big legion of doom to fight the doctor like a similar sort of big awesome idea that I've never seen done before happens in here. Uh, so that's, that's really good. And it's, it's done uh, very cleverly. I think it's, it's something of an experimental sort of story, I think. Um, but it, it, they made a bunch of weird choices that I'm not a fan of. Um, and that I'm still kind of processing and I don't think I like, um, I will say that maybe it'll play really good after the fact. Um, like I had a similar reaction, I think with flesh and stone, 
after I saw Flesh and Stone, I was actually very disappointed because I thought that um, uh, the 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 way that Stephen Moffat disposed of the angels was very cheap and not very earned uh, because he kind of wrote himself into a corner. Uh, I have a similar feeling here. I feel like um, I th- I think this one actually got away from him personally. I, I really think it got away from Stephen Moffat a little bit. Uh, it was it was it's fun and and there's some really really great parts that I really really enjoyed. Uh, but there are also some really interesting choices that really left a very strong sour taste in my mouth. Uh, I saw it again last night and my my feelings only kind of crystallized a little bit more. Uh, but but yeah, that's what I think. Um, because I think, I think we were talking and I, it made it sound like I hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I'm just not, I, I really think that I was let down more than not. Um, and make no mistake, this is not the first part of a two-parter. If this is the first part of a two-parter, I really question it. Anyways, um, I'll turn it over to you. What do you think? Um, I feel like this was the absolute culmination of Stephen Moffat's run as showrunner up to this point. Um, and I think that it, it works in that way. Um, I, I think it works really, really well, but I think it's very dependent on everything that came before it. Mm-hmm. Um, much more so than any Doctor Who story before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, I, 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 I definitely liked it. I liked it a lot, um, a lot more than you did. <laughs> and cause even, even the re- reveal, like, I don't know. I have a I have a thing with with reveals, which is like, I mean, you can bitch about the reveal, but at this at at the end of the day, like, just because people have guessed it, doesn't mean that Stephen Moffat should have changed it. Like, right. if that was always his plan to begin with, right? Um, because you know, like, movies and and TV have suffered for having to do that in the past. Oh, de- definitely. Um, I mean, Scream 2 is a is a really good example of that. That script was leaked, and so they changed the ending of who the killers were. And then when you got the reveal of who the killers were, you were just kind of left scratching your head like, where did that come from? <laughs> um, because it didn't come – it came out – it literally came out of nowhere because they, they got the end um, leaked or whatever. And so they changed it to appease fans so that they weren't spoiled. But unfortunately, you know, we got a lesser movie because of it. And so I didn't want that to happen here. So yes, people have guessed the ending in the past, um, but that didn't make it disappointing for me because I, I I felt like I felt like it was dealt with relatively well at like to a point where like yes, it was kind of expositiony, but mm-hmm. um, I think I don't think that there was any other way you could have done it just because of like time stream crossing issues. Um, yeah, so there wasn't really any other way that you could have done it. Um, so, you know, that's, it, it kind of is what it is, but like at the end of the day, like it, it kind of connects, you can see the connections being made that Moffat is telling one large story rather than one story every season. And I kind of like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Like it's, you can tell that he's he keeps building on things that have come before, and the end of this kind of there is a slight paradigm shift, and we are introduced to almost a new status quo or a new objective for the Doctor to kind of be dealing with. Um, and I agree that he shouldn't have to change his original plan, but I question the nature of the original plan as it stands now, and I'll explain why in spoilers. Um, but but I agree that if that was the plan, then I can't. Then that's fine. But it, it did feel kind of cheap and, and not something that I was expecting or wanting. Um, so that I guess that's my own expectations working against me. But I completely agree that if, if this was his plan, then by all means he executed it and I was just disappointed. Um, right. And, and I can't do anything about that. That's just, yeah, that's I, just I think bad. I think ultimately the problem with the ending is that if you were looking into spec – uh, uh, speculation. Um, I don't want to use terms that people are like, what? Um, if you were looking into, <laughs> into speculation, um, you would have seen this right all over the place. Definitely. As a speculation as to the ending of this episode. Mm-hmm. And so when you see something like that everywhere, that's normally not what it is. 
And so, like, I, I think that unfortunately that leads anyone who looks into speculation just setting them up themselves up for disappointment, um, right. especially since you know Moffat, um, not not necessarily just him as himself in interviews and things because he's definitely um, done this as well, but just within the story, he's sort of been building up this reveal and. If it's something that people have already guessed in the past, it makes it not that great of a reveal right. um, to build up to. Uh, but I, but I have, I have, because um, there's like there's some things that you like we were talking about, um, you know, right after we watched it yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, you know things that you had problems with, and I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got things to debate back with. On, right. on a few of those things. So uh, we'll talk about those in just a moment. But um, the rest of the episode, uh, you know, like we're talking about the cliffhanger and I feel like we're just kind of dancing around it. So let's put that aside. Right. Um, but the rest of the episode, like the first 20 minutes or so, man, I love those 20 minutes. Oh, they loved, were great. They were really, loved really great. those 20 minutes. And they were they were very much in the vein of like Stephen Moffat, you know, being a very clever writer, like being very writing very economically and very smartly. And, you know, baiting you for something that you know is coming and when it came it was actually very satisfying you know mm-hmm. if you've seen it you know what i'm talking about um mm-hmm. and i loved those and they, it felt confusing but like it's supposed to feel confusing until you understand what he's doing with it you know right right exactly mm-hmm. um yeah no I, I i love that and i think uh i don't know like i i just i loved all the time hopping i loved um my my only question would be there was a particular description in Amy's speech to uh, the baby at the beginning, mm-hmm. um, where she was describing Rory, like it was obvious that she was she was you know describing the doctor, and then it turning out to be Rory it was like one of those things. And right. there was there was a particular line, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but on second viewing, I was like, that doesn't sound like Rory, like. But I can't remember what it was. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. But uh, I don't remember. I wish there was. I wish one of these Wikipedia pages had it written had it written down what she was saying. But mm-hmm. um, anyway. But yeah, there was something that struck me as odd in her description and like felt like a bit of a stretch. But mm-hmm. um, but regardless, like I I still I love that twenty minutes. And then once we were stuck on the ship, um, it kind of went a little downhill. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Just because like it, it was a lot of build up, and then, and then sort of the takedown was just sort of immediate and, um, not very exciting, I guess. Right. Yeah. So it, cause it, it kind of like, it had all this energy and then the energy was over in, as the doctor says, three minutes and 40 seconds. Um, which, as my problem, and I, I can't, I don't want to speak too much about it if you don't know what's coming. Uh, but it's it, like it, it, it cut, like it just ground the episode to a halt. I think, like mm-hmm. after the first twenty minutes, like the the story just stopped and then built up a little bit more and then accelerated and then stopped when we hit the ending. Like it was yeah. weird. It was very weirdly paced. I think it was. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was oddly paced, and it was just. It was kind of a, I mean, it was a strange episode at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, anyway, um, we'll probably get into spoilers uh, now. But before we do, um, I want to remind everybody that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com. This month at InStockTrades.com, you can purchase our book of the month, uh, Green Lantern, um, Secret Origin, uh, by Jeff Johns <laughs> and uh, Ivan, <laughs> Ivan Rice. Um, I forgot to update this in the show notes. I apologize. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's the, uh, it's the origin of, uh, the Green Lantern, um, kind of Jordan. written, what, a couple, uh, couple of years ago? Yeah, it was, was like, two, it was right after, um, it was right after Sinestro Core. He went and did the origin story. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's 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 cheap, twelve thirty nine, which is um thirty eight percent off the retail price of nineteen ninety nine. And uh, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So yeah. uh get pick that up from instocktrades.com. 
Also, we are sponsored by DCBService.com, and DCBS is the site that lets you order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, and basically anything else you can get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders three months in advance, and by doing that, you're eligible for monthly discount specials of up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. That means everything is a minimum of 40% off. That's Um, quite awesome. Yeah. Plus, if you pre-order your collected editions, like trade paperbacks, hardcovers, things like that, uh, you save 50% off those. So ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay five ninety-five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. All right, so let's go ahead and, uh, let's go ahead and get into spoilers. Um, what, let's, let's, I guess let's talk about, uh, let's talk about River. Um, or uh, her real name, uh, Melody Pond, apparently. Oh, God. Um, she, she is the daughter of Amy and Rory, and that was the, uh, that was the big reveal, and that's been guessed numerous times, um, uh, you know, namely by Randy on this show. So, yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he has guessed it. So how um, to him? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been guessed. Um, it ended up being what it was. The only thing is... Yes, now we know technically who River Song is, but we still don't know who she is, really. <laughs> we know her identity, but we don't actually know anything about her still. Yeah. yeah um, that was, so that's, that's important to note. That's important to note. <laughs> that, that was the one thing that we were, we were talking about. And the more, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, really? This is, this is the thing. Like, it, you're telling us who River Song is, and, and all of a sudden we find out that she is, she is the daughter of Amy and Rory, and now... Now what? Like I don't see. Like it, it. I guess it changes things, but does it really change things? I mean, rewatching this story last night, I found that like the scene between Rory and not Rory and well, yeah, Rory and River at the storm cage was a really interesting scene because I kind of bought the connection, you know, from River, anyways. Um, but it makes me curious, like going through the rest of the story. How it's like going through old episodes to see how that plays because I don't know if it's going to play that way, um, which is a problem because Stephen Moffat should have told Alex Kingston if that was the case. Um, so we'll so we'll see that. Uh, but my biggest problem with it more than anything is that I I I I find that I think that I I consider Stephen Moffat smarter than this personally just because it felt like a very you know, like there, there was, there's a difference between like something that we can know or guess and something that is eminently predictable. And I think that this was almost too predictable for Stephen Moffat, who is so clever and ahead of us every step of the way that so many people guessed it. Really, you know, it, it, it I, I expect him smarter. I expect him to be smarter than this. And I, when I it think wasn't, he laid down too many hints. Is the problem? I suppose, like the name for one thing being just so obvious, but. Yeah, I don't know because I, I I really think he's smarter than this. And when he when it came in, I was like, oh, that's it. That's that's your reveal. That's your that's the thing that you've been building to since two thousand nine. Like that's the thing. Um, so why not even well, two thousand nine, two thousand eight? No, that's that's not true. Two thousand ten because like he wasn't building toward that in Silence in the Library because we had no idea but, who Amy was. So. But then that's then that's crap though. I mean, like we had we've had off and I don't want to get into this because we're on. TDC, but it's the it's the sort of lost thing where like I I call BS on Stephen Moffat because he introduced this character and now he's saying that this was the plan the whole time. I question that, you know. I don't, but that's but, but that's only because we still don't know what her relationship to the Doctor is or who she killed. We don't know the answers to those questions. True. We just know who, te- like, technically what her identity is, which right. is only one of three reveals about River that we need to know. And probably so the least the, important of them. Right, right, right. But that's what we were set up in 2009 for, was... Um, well, not even who she killed, I don't think, because she wasn't, she wasn't in prison at that point, right? She was out... No, she was. She's been in prison this whole time. No, but in Silence it. in the Library, was she? Um, no, she was out by then. Yeah, you're right. She was out by then. That's what I'm talking about. Is Silence in the Library. So, like, the only thing that we, we that he's been building up since 2009 is who she is in relation to the Doctor, um, which right. we still don't know. So, which so the is, only thing that she's. Oh, sorry. Ahead. That's the to me. That's the most pressing question. That's not yes. Her ident- and that's that's why like he's like oh well we're gonna find out who River Song is and when I get an identity reveal and not a who she is reveal that that's why I question that you know 
that's uh-huh. that's and that's my that's my biggest complaint because I'm like Stephen Moffat, you're telling me that this is the thing. This is the time when we find out something that you've been setting up since. Well, it's not 2009; it's 2008. Since you've been setting up since 2008, so like you've been waiting for this for what? 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. So like three, four years, and this is what you have for me. I felt very disappointed. Yeah, um, because because it was touted like it was touted. We're going to find this out, and we and we weren't, and so I felt a little cheated by that because it wasn't. You know, it was just telling us a little piece that doesn't really change anything for me. It doesn't right. shed any light on that. Right. But my, my only my only thing is like I would be angry with you as well if I was being told that this that that was it for River and we're never gonna see her again. Like Right. I, I obviously agree. we're gonna get more answers. This is just yes. one answer. Yes. So I'm I'm ultimately okay with that. Where the, this is the, which is why the, the lost kind of uh, comparison doesn't isn't really apt. And that's just because Lost left me that way because that was the end. Right. Whereas this, I know, isn't the end. So I'm still looking forward to more, I guess. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I, I, um, the only my, – my problem my, – my, the Lost comparison comes to um, this – like I question – like I understand the, um, the idea that Stephen Moffat has said that putting a married couple in the TARDIS is something that he's always wanted to do to try that dynamic. And likewise, putting – uh, the daughter of companions in the TARDIS is an interesting dynamic that I'm interested yes. to see explored, um, and that to me works. And if that's River's identity, like that's who River is. River is the daughter of companions. That's interesting to me. And if that's his, that's if that was the plan when he introduced her in Silence of the Library, then that's that's fine. I guess that's that's the thing. But I, um, it, it doesn't feel like that was the was the plan, and that's my problem because it feels like it was something that was set up once he created Amy. Um, mm-hmm. which which I question, and just turns Amy into a plot device more than she already is. Mm-hmm. Um, now this now this is something else that we should we should probably discuss, which is the fact that the little girl in the America episodes that can't be River. Yeah. They never say that it is or isn't. But yeah. they they kind of they kind of show her in like a in a flashbacky thing that yeah. the doctor has Literally. when he's putting pieces together. Literally a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm just I'm I'm wondering like is that River? Because they never say. And if it is, like how? Why? Like I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be fine with everything as long as that doesn't turn out to be River. Mm-hmm. But it if also that turns but, out to be River. Then I'll call BS. But it's also implied because we find out that uh, River was conceived – if R- River as the daughter of Amy and Rory was conceived on the TARDIS while the TARDIS was in flight and Ergo is like human plus – so like human plus Time Lord so she can regenerate which me- which only enforces the idea that the little Time Lord child was River regenerating. No, not, necess- not necessarily. Not necessarily because it could also mean that River is just – uh, fertile birthing grounds for a time lord. Point. Yes. Point. So, so her being half time lord, or at least have be half time lord DNA, um, could mean that her and the doctor could have a child, and that child is that girl. Right. Um, and because it, it feeds into a theory that I've been thinking of since yesterday, which is maybe Moffat's ultimate plan is for the doctor to single-handedly rebuild Gallifrey which would be interesting or or new Gallifrey I mm-hmm. guess yeah. yeah it'll be an orbit a geosynchronous orbit across the sun from uh, from earth yeah <laughs> let's not talk about new krypton let's not talk about that <laughs> um but but yeah uh, like that's war the of one the time things. lords <laughs> yeah right um, but that's oh, the that's God. the thing because like if if the the implication is that the child is River and the Doctor's going after River and if that's the case then where we're left at the end of this episode is the Doctor's going to go rescue the girl who we are seeing in front of us as okay and Stephen Moffat only writes doesn't write um, stories that mess with time he writes stories that are circular time um, uh-huh. um, and I and that means that. What we're left with at the end of this quote-unquote cliffhanger, which wasn't even a cliffhanger, was a game-changer, as we expected it would be. Um, right. Uh, it, it's, it feels like false stakes and just like the Doctor running off to his next adventure. Um, right. Which, which we'll yeah, talk about. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. It doesn't feel like false stakes. It's just there are no stakes. 
Right. Like once you figure out that that's why he's so cocky and happy as he leaves, mm-hmm. it's just like because he knows he's going to succeed. Yeah. Which which I'm ultimately okay with because you know it's it's time travel and sometimes that that happens and that's right. that's okay because it's it's the nature of this type of storytelling. Right. Um. So like I don't I don't need to wonder if he's going to succeed every time. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I think that it's an interesting story because. Ultimately, like when we come back from break, is this going to be a continuation of that? This, or is he going to have already saved the kid? I don't know. What what this actually feels like to me is it feels like um, I think the episode is Goodbye Iowa um, from Buffy, where Buffy, Riley, and the and um, not Unit, but uh, the Initiative all meet all meet Adam for the first time. Um, sorry, and they all meet they all meet um, they all meet Adam for the first time, and they um, and then Adam's like, "Well, I'm here, and I'm going to be the big bad guy." And then he like beats the crap out of Buffy, and then runs away and hides in caves for the next four episodes, and then there's the big finale at the end. That's what this episode feels like. It feels like they set up this, like, because they've said, like, the the eye patch chick, who's I think her name is like Kavorian or something. Um, the eye patch chick is like, there's a war coming, and we're going to turn this girl against you, um, and and she's going to be a weapon, and there's going to be a war against the doctor to stop the doctor, which we'll talk about in a minute, I guess. Um, but it feels like it feels like we're setting up that sort of thing, and this felt like the reveal of Adam. And, like, you know, and once Adam's revealed, then Adam gets to go sit in a cave. So, you know, we're going to be dealing with, like, four or five episodes ne- at the, in the back half of the season that have nothing to do with this storyline. Nothing right. to do with the story of the little girl or the, or the war. And it, and it feels like that's what they did here. And and I, I question that. Um, I, it just doesn't feel, like, so great. Like, you know, the, they did it with the crack of the universe last, last year. Like... The crack shows up, and then we don't deal with it for, like, you know, four episodes, and then it eats Rory, and then we don't deal with it for two episodes, and then we deal with it, you know? And it, uh-huh. and it, and it, and it, it, that's, like, the nature of the beast. That's the nature of Doctor Who, but I, like, I don't know where they're going from here, and I, but not in a good way, you know? Like, like I, I it's not that I'm excited, I'm just like, well, where are you going to go from here? Because that, that ending beat on this, on this episode felt like it lacked energy. Like the doctor just gets in the TARDIS and he flies away and he's like, I'm off. And, and I don't know. It just felt like it felt very weird to me. It felt very tacked on, even though it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. Because, because, and I guess we'll just work backwards through the story. But like going through that story, like I've, I'm, I've seen so many Doctor Who cliffhangers at this point um, that I understand when, a fin- when like the, the end of the episode is coming. But when, like when you hit those last 15 minutes and, uh, What's her name comes up? The eye patch lady comes up on the screen, and the headless monks are approaching, and and they're like, "Keep the baby safe," but it's not really a baby; it's a flesh baby. And like the doctor's like, "Oh no, I've been tricked again," and he's like running. Like the way that they were cutting that, the way that they were telling that story, felt like we were pushing towards a cliffhanger that was just going to be like the doctor racing to save as all these people fight to for their lives against the headless monks. And then we we didn't get that cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. We got a bit of an, a denouement and then, and then river shows up and it felt like river showing up like at the end, like I wanted her to do that speech, which we'll talk about later, I guess. Um, and then, you know, that's where it ended, but it just felt like the episode kept going on and on and left at not a peak, but a Valley where I was like, cause you know, Stephen Moffat has said that it's going to be a long summer. I completely disagree. This is going to be a this going this summer is going to go by relatively quickly as far as I'm concerned because mm-hmm. I'm in I'm in no rush to get the next episode. I want it, but I'm in no rush. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this as well. Um the uh number 1, the headless monks, I wasn't that impressed. Neither was I. Yeah. Um and and they that had was that another... cool tie-off thing at the top, but other than that yeah, I just I wasn't impressed, and like, uh, like most people, um, or like every like I've been seeing interviews and stuff, and people are like, oh yeah, they're the new scariest monster that Motfit has ever done. And I'm <laughs> like, oh god, again with that, like, <laughs> like stop saying that the next thing is the best thing. Like I'm I'm tired of that. That's yeah. comic books do that, and yeah, I'm tired the, of that in comics. The Weeping Angels were scary because no one knew they were coming, and the Silence were scary because no one knew they were coming. But the Headless Monks, like, come on, they were yeah. not. <laughs> That's what did they like do? A, they had lightning swords. Yeah, they had, <laughs> which is cool. They had but, flaming lightning swords, like some some sort of combination of like a lightsaber and something and a else. real sword I, yeah. and a real sword, I guess. Yeah, they were just you know, 
and they don't have heads, but somehow their hoods can stay up. <laughs> Whatever. Um, yeah, I wasn't impressed with the headless monks at all. Uh, also, the the girl, like the young woman, I don't know, yeah. teenage girl or whatever. I thought halfway through my first viewing, I was just like, oh, wait, is that River? Is this mm-hmm. like young River? Like that's what I thought they were setting up for. Yeah. And like how, how she was like – she was saying like I'll be there but like I won't come in until the end. Right. And then like when she showed up near the end with everyone else, I was like, wait, is this it? Is this – we're going to find out she's River? And then she was just nobody. Like, yeah. Well, I was ready for her to be the little Time Lord child. Like when she was when she too. was over, like one or the I other. Was, I thought for sure she was going to be one or the other. Yeah, and like she killed, she was going to get shot. And when she was shot, I was like, oh, we're going to see her regenerate. And she's just like, no, I died. Yeah. And it was like it was, and I understand that she's just a soldier who was lost in the Doctor's apparently darkest hour. Um, but I mean, they didn't really do anything with her, and I found her very disappointing. I thought she was going to be like a new companion or something, but nope, we're just going to kill her. Yeah, that was. I think that was the most disappointing thing about the whole thing for me. Was Probably that, was her yeah. her character because it was mm-hmm. kind of worthless. It's like here's this trinket that's gonna come become very expositiony later, and now I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind I missed of her, you. Yeah, that was kind of her only purpose. Yeah, which is um, unfortunate. Now, now the whole darkest hour thing. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Hang on. Hang on. River at the beginning of the story, and this is this is a, this is a problem that I'm just taking right to Stephen Moffat because he is literally responsible for this. But River says that this is the Doctor's highest shining moment and his darkest hour. Um, when they said it's your highest moment, I was like, that's not true. And then when it was his darkest hour, I was like, I don't buy this as a dark hour at all. Like the Doctor was betrayed again. I mean, come on. This is I've seen the Doctor fall so much farther than this. I've seen the Doctor fall so much farther than this, and I've seen him rise so much higher than this. This is, this is just Stephen Moffat hyperbole, and I and I defy you to challenge me on that. I will. Oh, right on. Enjoy. Here's here's how I challenge you. It is hyperbole, and it's the hyperbole of of a story that a mother would tell her daughter about the day she was born. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because that's that's what I like the little the little saying like it sounds like a nursery rhyme that Amy would have told Melody, mm-hmm. and and I feel like and River's not there, so she right. doesn't actually know anything about what right. goes on that day. Mm-hmm. All she okay. knows is what her parents have told her and what the doctor has told her, and they would tell her as a little girl that it was probably a lot more interesting than it actually was that's <laughs> that's that's how i would see it which because that's what that's what people do like about the day you were born like right i, I don't know if you've ever gotten the day you were born story but like <laughs> i have and it's ridiculous like it's always ridiculous and over it the is. top it is and yes. i feel like that's what this is i would i would i could see that and i will i will concede you that point if river says that um but I also questioned that because there was that that um, Jack the Ripper slaying Silurian who was like, "You have never risen higher," and I was like, "Well, you obviously don't know the Doctor either, because um, he took over Demon's Run in three minutes and forty seconds and did it with not a single drop of bloodshed." Okay, I guess, but I don't know. It just felt like hyperbole, and I felt cheated personally. I mean, yeah. I understand the day of the birth thing, but I I question it. Yeah. I question it, especially because Amy has the river as she was as the little girl. Like that's not even her birthday. That's her. That's her four month old. That's her four week old day because mm-hmm. the doctor doesn't show up for four weeks, right? Which was awesome, but it still it still felt feels like a fable or something. Where like I don't know. I guess Amy's just really melodramatic. Is the, is the moral well, story. she kind of is. I don't know if you've ever heard her talk. Oh, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's pretty melodramatic. <laughs> and she always has, like, some, you know, clever little nursery rhyme to say. Yeah. So, yeah. for any given situation. So I think that's why I think that that's what this is. It's just another one of Amy's little nursery rhymes. <laughs> um, and, you know, leading into the whole, like, Stephen Moffat's in like vision of doctor who is a fairy tale. Right. Right. And that um, makes sense. So, I'm yeah. just saying that as a viewer, I was incredibly left down by the battle of demons run. 
Yeah, and I was too to a certain extent, but like I, I can accept it at face value because of that in my brain. Right. Yeah. So right. that's I don't know. Anyway. Um and, and then, then uh what else? What else we got? The the the, the giant team up of the doctor and his and his and his alien friends. Yeah. I, I'm gonna g I'm I, I have to give Steve Stephen Moffat where where you know credit where credit's due. He for the very first time ever has made me love a Centauran. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because because the Centauran in this was awesome. Yeah, he was. I have I loved him milk. so much. <laughs> and and you know what the best part is? He wasn't like a real Centauran, he was like a nurse. Yeah, I like, wanted so. to hire him as my personal assistant. Like <laughs> That's how much I love the centaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could feed you at random intervals. Um, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> but I, I, cause, and, and like, this is my, well, my thing is I liked the story in theory. I like the doctor calling in those favors, like saying the doctor makes a lot of favors and then he calls them in on that one day when he needs them. And I understand that he goes and he does it um, for Amy uh, because, you know, Amy is so uh, important. And I like that. I like that he loves Amy enough that he's going to call in all these favors. Um, but it still felt like a letdown. It still felt like a letdown in all the... all And, like, this is just... This is Doctor Who, and I know I'm being really hip- hypocritical because I love the classic stuff, but it felt like all the good stuff happened off-screen um, and, and that we were told a lot of things, um, mm-hmm. as my girlfriend said. She was like, this is a great example of telling, not showing, um, because we're te- we're told that all these Silurians are here and we're told that these... These people are here, um, and it was probably the weakest use of the Cybermen I think I've ever seen, which is which is saying something, because uh, um, mm. I, I like them, but they were just there to create stakes and to yeah. have Rory marching, which was cool. I mean, Rory was really cool, but I mean, well, the Cybermen are a, a smaller mini conversation, uh, but but I I felt like I felt like this is why you had the Cybermen come back, just just so that you could kick them around a little bit. I mean. Come on. Come on. Well, I, I feel like BBC was making a huge deal about the Cybermen coming back when <laughs> they didn't, they weren't a part of anything. No, they were there to get blown up. Yeah. So Which, I, I, I blame BBC for that more than anything. Well, because if they were just in the episode and like we weren't told beforehand that they were going to be, uh-huh. I feel awesome. like, yeah, yeah, I feel like it would have been better. Like it would have been like, hey, Cybermen, that's fun. Yeah. And then that would have been it. But then instead, BBC is like, the Cybermen are back. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It did. It was it was such a letdown after all the hype of of that. And I really honestly, I do think that this this story is just so well explained by just saying that it was a lot of hype for not a lot of payoff. Um, Yeah. I mean, just just it was so overhyped across the board. Um, But. But but yeah, there it is. I mean, uh, the the most interesting thing about the Cybermen for me is that they didn't have the little Cybus logo on them that they had because that those are from the alternate universe Cybermen. So I guess these are the Cybermen from our universe from the classic series as they've evolved, which I think is really awesome. Um, yeah, well, he but... mentioned he mentions that in the episode that they're from the new universe that he created. Are they? Are yeah. they? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he yeah. mentions that. Well, that's great. Yeah. Basically, basically suggesting that everything that happened before that didn't actually happen anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm also, I also had a question. Uh, maybe you'll know better than me, but uh, Lorna, which was, which was the girl we were talking about earlier, um, right. talking about meeting the doctor as a kid in, in the uh, game of course that was just a, was that just a made up thing yep okay okay <laughs> yeah I was which is unfortunate sure. which is unfortunate yeah. because i it's one of those things where every time you hear about a story that the doctor went on you kind of want to see it um uh-huh. and like i've seen this sort of character before this i this this pseudo companion who was around simply because uh, they they kind of need one. Like I saw, actually, my favorite version is in a is in a Seventh Doctor audio play. Um, but I feel like I've seen this sort of character before, and it it just like the the because you can't show all the Doctor's adventures. Um, but I felt like I don't know. You should because uh, I was like, like well, we've Florida. yeah we've seen her before, and then we didn't. Right. Okay. <laughs> I was just I was just double checking. I wasn't missing something. Right. Right. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> that yeah. That, I mean, before before I start sounding like too much of a hater on things, there will I will say that there were things that I really liked. Like I did like the idea of um, the Doctor teaming up with people. I did love the idea of Demons Run, and I did like the idea of the big epic um, and the battle that we didn't see. Um, but I also and I really loved the conversation between the Doctor and the Eye Patch Lady, and I really really loved the discussion between the Doctor and River at the very end of the story when River finally shows up at Demon's Run, um, and she's like, look, you have been out of control lately. You're just fighting people and you're you're doing all this stuff, and, and the Doctor's like, well, what is that? And she's like, well, the Doctor doesn't mean Doctor anymore, it means warrior. Um, that's something that I've actually been... Uh, interested in because Stephen Moffat has been has had a doctor who has been very arrogant and has been very um not violent but just like overly manipulative and actiony and and tearing and like you know dropping out of the sky and tearing down civilizations like he has been doing that a lot lately and I feel like River calling him on that is a very interesting like it made me not so much forgive Stephen Moffat, but make me aware that Stephen Moffat has that in mind. Like, he knows that the Doctor's been doing this. Like, he called the Atraxi down from the sky just to kick them out. Like, that's... I love that Stephen Moffat is aware of that, and I love that. That was that was probably my favorite part of the whole thing, was when River was preaching mm-hmm. at him. Um, I did because, like that. Yeah. I, I, when, when, he, when she was revealing who she was to the Doctor, though, I was I was questionable of that because, like... She was like telling him to read the the bassinet, and I was like, "What?" But if that's the doctor's old bassinet, why would it say her name on it? <laughs> I was just I, I didn't understand. Like, I think what? that was a I think that was a misdirect though, because he was looking in the crib, and Amy and Rory were looking at the crib. Um, I think that was just a directorial misdirect. Oh, is that what it was? I think so. That's how I read it, anyways. Okay, on the second it wasn't. View. It wasn't subtle enough then. Yeah, it or, was. Or, it was. Like, it was it, very strange because they cut to Amy and Roy, and then they cut to the side of the crib, and then they cut back to Amy and Roy and say, "What the f?" But the, yeah. the doctor's been looking in the crib the whole time. Okay, so I, at right. least that's what I thought it meant. Um, and I really wish that was Susan's crib. <laughs> just because well, that would be it, awesome. It, it might be. He's just not saying. He's not right. copying to it, right? Um, because you know the doctor's known to do that. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think the doctor will ever say that he has kids and stuff. Yeah, he can't. It's too painful for him, which I understand and appreciate. Mm-hmm. I understand and appreciate that. But, but yeah, I like, I like that the crib was there. Whose crib was this? Oh, I do have good hair. It was pretty. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, I love it, that the doctor talks, baby. He's <laughs> like, I talk every language, like that. that course he does of course he does like uh, as soon I, as he said that like and that was something that only Stephen moffat could come up with like yeah only chris only Stephen moffat and i loved i loved the experimentation of not having the doctor in the first 20 minutes of the story like uh-huh. i was i loved that like i loved that and i know it felt really confusing to a lot of people but like it was just one of those things where like blink in blink Stephen moffat manages to do a story where the doctor is felt at every turn um but, like, in this, like, you could feel the Doctor, like, just out of your reach, which was mm-hmm. so good to put him put us in the in the shoes of the clerics and stuff like that. Like, I loved that. It was just so, so well done uh, for me, anyways. And it made... The, but I feel like the reveal of him as a quote-unquote headless monk was uh, uh, a little a little sketchy. Um, it, it, didn't, it didn't have the oomph factor that I wanted it to um, after 20 minutes of no Doctor, and then all of a sudden Doctor... Yeah, um, I, it almost would have been better if they would have taken down the the hood of of the last one and of the last hoodless mo- or headless monk, and it was someone else, like Rory. No, well, not Rory because he was already there. Um, right. But uh, I don't know anyone else. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like just like anyone else, it would have been fine. Um, mm-hmm. And and then like the doctor was somewhere else. And it was like a right. misdirect. Like that yeah. would have been a le- that would have been a little more exciting than yeah. Oh, it's the doctor because you kind of saw it a million miles away. Yeah, and that's my that's that's again that's my issue. Like I I feel that a lot of the choices in this weren't as clever as I'm used to Stephen Moffat saying being. You know, like for every clever idea that he had, like the doctor not appearing in the first twenty minutes, there was a oh, and he, of course he's a monk. Like you see it coming, you know. Uh-huh. And, and I'm and I'm used to Stephen Moffat tricking me a little more. And maybe I'm just getting used to Stephen Moffat's tricks. But 
uh, I don't know. He made he made a lot of choices in here that weren't as surprising to me, you know. And and I and I was I was disappointed only because I expect so much from him. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't have anything else to say about the episode. Um, <laughs> when when the when the gra- oh, I will say one more thing because on our way out we have to mention that the next episode is called "Let's Kill Hitler." Oh my god, um, I love that. That is so funny. I I when I saw that I was like, really? Stephen Moffat has just lost his mind. Like, <laughs> like he literally just like because I felt like I felt like oh my gosh, Stephen Moffat was going to a, a loony place when when we got to the end of uh, the end of the episode, and then all of a sudden he's just like he's just like and now coming up next, let's kill Hitler, yeah! And then all the kids flock to him and cheer. Like it felt, <laughs> felt very bizarre and very strange. I was, I, it amused me quite a bit because he just like. I just love that it's it's just like you know it's like we end on this big dramatic beat and then it's like the doctor will return in let's kill Hitler. <laughs> it even made me laugh the second time. <laughs> it made me laugh more the second time as well, just because I was like, wow, they're really doing that. Like they they just committed, although. Yeah. Although, I, again, I, like there was a thing that Russell T. Davies did where he was supposed to do a, a World War II episode instead of Planet of the Ood in season four, and he only didn't he didn't do that because they had a a World War II episode back in season one. Um, and now I I I I don't know I don't want to see World War II again. We saw it last season. Do we really have to go back? That's my thing. Well, uh, to be fair, we don't we don't actually know why it's called Let's Kill Hitler. If it's a cyborg Hitler, I'll be cool with it. That's a cyborg. <laughs> How cool would that be? That would like let's do that. Let's do that. Oh man. And let's kill him apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cyborg Hitler, but instead of being Hitler, he's like, you know, painter Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, uh anyway, held in Fort Wayne, Indiana on Saturday, June eighteenth. Summit City Comic Con is a convention held by our friends at In Stock Trades and uh DCB Service. And it's a one day convention with guests that include Sean McKeever, Mike Norton, Tim Seeley, Jason Howard, Katie Cook, Steve Bryant, Ian Brill, and I will be there, um, as well as the hosts of Su- as uh Super Geeks. We'll be there promoting Geek Show Entertainment as well as my new webcomic that will be launching soon. Tickets are only $10, which you can buy on the website, summitcitycomiccon.com, or the day of the show. So thanks to them, and I hope to see you there. Uh, next week, what's coming up next week? Uh, well, I'll give you all f- uh, the next five stories that are coming up uh, because we haven't talked about Classic in a while, and I have the story list all here. Uh, next week, uh, The Curse of Peladin, which is a third Doctor Joe story that is not typical. Our other third Doctor stories were unit-based and la-la-la. This is something a little bit different, and I have been waiting for you to watch it for months. So, so that's that's coming up next week. Uh, on deck, we have the War Machines, which is a first Doctor story um, with Ben and Polly. It takes place in the swinging sixties, um, and it's 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 fun and weird. It's the Doctor versus the Internet. Um, uh, we have, and then after that, we're coming to some more Tenant. We're doing <laughs> we're doing the Idiot's Lantern. Um, God, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> one of my least favorite stories of the new series. Um, and then we're doing something uh, called The Terror of the Zygons, which is a uh, classic story, Fourth Doctor, and Zygons, um, who are famous. Um, and then we're finally getting to some, fourth, to some Fifth Doctor uh, with The Four to Doomsday, which is, a, which is another classic story. And finally, we're getting more Davison just for you. Yay! <laughs> so that's that's what's on deck if you're playing at home Curse of Peladin, The War Machines, The Idiot's Lantern Terror of the Zygons, and Ford to Doomsday so enjoy, enjoy, enjoy I'm so All excited right. I already know what Curse of Peladin is going to be called that episode so good awesome yeah <laughs> alright guys we will uh, we'll talk to you next week with the Curse of Peladin yeah and uh, before we go uh, Scott where can people find you on the internet? oh yeah right that <laughs> You're you just like, I want to end this. I want to <laughs> end this. <laughs> you can just find me at geekshowentertainment.com on my other podcasts, uh, Movie Night at Geek Show with uh, John Pavlich and Matt Smith, That's as me. well as uh, Geek Show Soundcheck, which is a music podcast that I do with John Pavlich. 
And, uh, you know, uh, there's several audio blogs, actually. Uh, myself, um, Matt Smith, and Nick Jimenez got together earlier this week and discussed um, X-Men First Class. So that review is up on the website. Um, and so available. Go to and listen to it. Next week, we're going to be discussing Super 8, the new film by J.J. Abrams. So Which I guess I'm excited about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen any trailers. I'm just going to go see it blind. Good. I think that'll be awesome. I, I hope so. Awesome. Yeah. I hope so. Um, <laughs> also, you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Scott Corelli, as well as my alternative Twitter account, uh, twitter.com slash Scott Commentary, where I live tweet um, films and, and TV shows from time to time. I think this week I'm going to be doing Close Encounters of the Third Kind because I want to see it before Super 8. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, because since Super 8 is kind of like a – a love letter to to Spielberg Super, films yeah. of the seventies and eighties. So right. I feel like I should do a Spielberg movie this week. So there you go. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter on twitter.com slash gungadin. Uh, you can also find me at my blog, which is Classical Gallifrey, which is classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I review uh, a classic story every week. Uh, last week we did The Savages, which was, uh, well, Cassandra did it, my girlfriend. Hello, Cassandra. Um, we did The Savages. Uh, and then this week we're doing a second Doctor story called The Faceless Ones, uh, which is supposed to be weak. Um, but I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, which tells you how much time I have left to get it done. Um, anyways, that's where you can find me. Uh, and uh, there's a list of upcoming stories if you're so interested on the site itself. Um, and I have a list of 20 top 20 classic series stories. If you want to get into the classic series, I guess, but don't start with Caves of Antrazani. Don't start there. Don't, don't start there. Um, anyways, (laughs) that would be a bad move. Yeah, I had I found this. There's this one guy on a forum who I have, I have no idea who he was, and he like said he said, oh, I, I saw that he has the top twenty stories, and I'm just gonna go scan the stories and and see which ones I pick because I haven't had much luck with them. And I was like, I was like, dude, Caves is my number one story, but don't start there, don't mm-hmm. don't start there. You That's have to watch like, move. yeah, you have to watch a bunch of stories to make Caves good, you know. Yeah. Oh well, oh well, I need to watch that again so bad. Anyways, anyways. All right, guys. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Chris Bye. I'm so excited to see you guys.